Hello, Loose Log Nation. Well, we got a big show happening here for you. Travis Pastrana is going to be on to talk about Rally Cross, Nitro Circus, Daytona 500 experiences that he had. Uh, just a huge, huge show. We had so much fun doing this. I know you're going to enjoy it. For sure, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's go to the hotline right away here. We got the one, the only, Travis Pastrana. Travis, thanks for coming on. How are you doing, man? Dude, you know what? I, I couldn't be better. It's been, uh, been a wild uh, old wild life, but definitely the last couple of weeks, man, it's been just freaking awesome. <laughs> I, I can imagine, man. Uh, hey, let's get right into Daytona. How about no practice? Haven't been in a cup. Uh, car before biggest race and you have to run one of the two fastest laps to lock into the 500 talk about that because that's just insane yeah well i've been driving the most i've ever driven um coming up to that you know called up uh denny hamlin and said you know what are the chances of running the, the daytona 500 and he said look i i believe in a restrictor plate race you can be as competitive as anybody he said it just takes being able to run a little bit loose, uh, being able to, you know, make the quick decisions. And he, he said, to be honest, we could use another Toyota in the field. Uh, we have the resources to get you a car. Um, you know, that, that's a, that's a top tier car. Um, we'll have all the resources, uh, as far as the data, uh, the wind tunnel testing, uh, the simulator. He's like, if, if you go with any other team, he's like, I, I don't know what they're going to give you as far as the simulator as far as that kind of stuff because with nascar you, you can't just get here to practice unfortunately so um it's kind of it's, it's tough to be a rookie there you lock in on speed enjoy it for a second walked over by seven-time cup champion jimmy johnson celebrated some more talk about that moment no it was absolutely wild i mean um you know you had one of the one of the, the top drivers still yet yet to go that was um you know, that, that hadn't been qualified in yet. Um, and we were thinking we probably need to beat Jimmy to, to get qualified in on time. And I came across the line. And I said, nope, uh, 0.06 off, six hundredths of a second off of Jimmy Johnson, which is awesome. And I was stoked, but I'm like, oh, man, you know, we probably have one of the fastest drivers. The guy that actually ended up winning the, uh, the I call it Nationwide, but the Xfinity Series, um, you know, the day before. So, you know, there's – Guys that didn't qualify were, you know, truck champion, um, Xfinity or, um, you know, champion. You're like, holy crap. Like, there's not a lot of guys not going to qualify, but everyone's more qualified than I am. So, um, you know, probably your, your least likely to qualify was Connor Daly, who, you know, had the fastest recorded time ever in the Daytona 500 on race day. You know, it's like, holy cow, this is, this is going to be tough. Hey, man, you were part of the uh, number two duel, which was more of the, the aggressive of the duel races. Uh, hey, what did you uh, learn? What was beneficial for you to learn on that race there? Uh, the duel was really cool. It was actually awesome. I, so I got enough funding to race um, the Cup Series for the, for the 500 and got approved. Um, and then I said, well, what else can I do to get used to this? And um, spent most of the, well, not most of it, but a lot of the money into uh, doing running the truck series as well uh, with Nice Motorsports, um, and then jumped into uh, the uh, was dirt modifieds for the uh, modified nationals, which was or the, the dirt nationals, which was absolutely awesome the week before. Just trying to get some seat time, but I jumped in the duels, and my goal was just to see if I could stay on the draft to see, you know, try to stay out of trouble, and to see 
where the car sucked in, um, where it didn't, and, you know, just really try to stay on the back. It's really difficult to, when you're the last car in line, um, the wind almost, it just it rips you off the back. So you have to be really conscientious of where you put the car. Um, unfortunately, there was a, a crash all the way in the very front of the pack, and I saw smoke. I didn't hear anything from my spotter, and, man, I tell you what, these, these cars with the downforce, they work, they have so much grip at 200 miles an hour and so little grip at, you know, 70 miles an hour. Um, so when I thought we were pretty locked into the course and I could make some turns, I just locked it down and, you know, unfortunately just ran right into the back of the pack. And I was like, man, what was that deer in the headlights? I'm like, no, these things don't stop and they don't turn right when they're going under 100. <laughs> so it's kind of a wild, uh, wild feeling. Mm. You just mentioned uh, doing some dirt racing that week too. I believe that was at Volusia. Uh, talk about getting some seat time there in the dirt modified. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I, I didn't, well, I thought, man, it would just be cool to be a part of everything that we just, you know, kind of live the dream. Um, I'd never raced a, a modified before and, um, I was going to go down and, and support, uh, Matt Crafton and, um, shoot, uh, Steve Arpin and, and all the, the kind of the NASCAR crew and my buddies and a lot of the black rifle guys and said, you know what, let's go down black rifles, you know, putting a lot into this and their big thing isn't necessarily racing but it's how can we help the community how can we um you know pull in some veterans and some first responders and how can we really stoke out some some people that might be a little down on the luck or you know whatever's going on whether it's injuries uh, mental or physical and, um so we brought a bunch of people out but um right before i got there arpin goes dude you know i, I have a car available run it and so we got a day of testing and i've never been more fish out of water than anything in my life than those modifieds um the whole rear moves as you get on and off the gas. So in a rally car, rally car, rally cross or anything, all wheel drive, I, you stop on the gas, it goes exactly where you're pointed and you get off the gas and it still goes where you're pointed. Um, <laughs> this car, the only way to make a turn was on the throttle. So, um, you'd think that'd be good for my aggression, but <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty difficult to learn in a quick period of time. But, um, you know, we ended up winning one of the nights, which was, you know, it was awesome. Could have been better. I saw some videos uh, from yours there. You really mix it up with the fans. You always do. Um, where does that come from? Because a lot of people shy away from that, especially being as popular as you. But you seem to just enjoy it and, and seek that out. Where does that come from? Uh, well, it, it's interesting because, you know, my dad always said, hey, you know, ride this train until the wheels come off because eventually you're going to have to get a real job you know, work construction with us. And, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's just life. Um, you know, my uncle was actually quarterback for Denver Broncos for two years. Um, got knocked out by Hightower from police Academy. If your uh, memory goes back that far and, uh, the, the NFL rule based on, on him because at the time the quarterback was the only one allowed to call timeout. And it was like 69 or 70 or whatever. One of the first years they went to the, um, where they had the playoff system and all he had to do was make it like five yards and they had 30 seconds left and uh, he was unconscious. So his team was trying to like grab his hands and, and make it into the timeout uh, <laughs> formation of <laughs> while he's unconscious on the ground. Uh, so yeah. Um, anyway, long story long, it's been a bonus for me. Every second I've been able to do what I loved. I've just taken everything in and, and realized that you might not have, tomorrow doing this and been very fortunate to, to ride this career out for, you know, more than half a lifetime. And, and that's, that's something really special, I think, in, in the industry. And every time I get hurt or, or something happens, I kind of, you know, just keep that positivity and then find another way to, to do what I love to do. And 
you know, I think my dad was, and, and mom, but we're really good. Like my first year when I was pro, you know, we had three mortgages on the house. We didn't have a penny to wear our name basically. And, um, you know, when we won the, I won the championship, dad gave almost all the bonuses away to the, the team. Um, you know, I was 16. I was like, what, what are you doing? And my mom was kind of like, what, what are you doing? He's like, oh man, the guys that, that got us here, this is, this is free money. He's like, we never expected this. You know, he goes, work hard, give back to the guys that help you get there. And, and hopefully that'll help keep the, the good, the, the people that you want to be around, the people that are going to help you get to your, where you want to go. And uh, we've always been really good about, you know, trying to be as, as fair as we could to the people around and to treat everyone um, with respect. And that includes the, the fans that, you know, anyone that's, that's buying merch, anyone that's, that's there to support you is the reason that, that I'm able to keep going. It, it sure as hell hasn't been on results. You know, we've crashed a lot of, um, haven't won a lot, but I've been able to somehow keep the sponsors uh, happy and, and be able to keep living this dream. And a lot of that's because of the, the people that support me, whether that be the mechanics um, or the fans or, or the friends, you know, and I've got an amazing fan group, amazing friend group, an amazing uh, really supporting family all around. It's been able to help me accomplish everything that we've been able to do. That's incredible. Yeah, let's go back to the duel a little bit. You mentioned that accident. Luckily enough, the car wasn't hurt too bad. Uh, what all went into getting that f- car fixed up for the 500? You know, I almost messed up in reverse. Uh, <laughs> Dad always says no one messes up in reverse more than I do. Uh, but as good <laughs> as the car was in, um, you know, for the duel, I feel like it was even better for, um, you know, for the race. And what was really cool is we came out of the duel, and that was so we did qualifying, then raced the duel, and then got to do our first lap of practice. Um, <laughs> so to <laughs> the actual five hundred, I I had quadruple the seat time that I had before, you know, before going into qualifying or before going into uh, you know, the duels or anything. Um, so I felt a lot more comfortable getting in the car. I kind of, you know, because I didn't want to take any chances in the duel. I didn't want to take any chances, obviously, during qualifying. Um, you know, it was just pretty much <laughs> hold her wide and <laughs> try to hold the line when it starts stepping out or sliding, just figure it out. Um, you know, so being able to kind of slide it around and, and understand where the limits of my car was without, you know, losing the draft or taking anybody out was, was huge during practice. And, you know, I jumped in with the, the Toyotas and it was cool. Start out in the, the back of the, the pack and, you know, one by one, the Toyotas would pull off and see what it was like to lead. And, um, everybody on the team really trusted me. And that's what was awesome. Uh, Denny Hamlin from the very beginning, he called it, he said, look, he said, you're going to come down. It's going to be the last green white checker and you're going to have a chance to push one of us, whether it's me or, you know, Denny Hamlin, uh, Bubba Wallace or uh, Tyler Reddick. He goes, one of us is going to be up there. And he goes, I got faith that we're not just getting you a car. We're getting you a car because we can't trust anyone else. We can't even trust each other. But I know that if you're in that final and you were running for the lead, he goes, would you be content with the second place? And I said, dude, I would be the happiest person in the world with the second place. He said, well, you were the only person on the track that feels that way. And I want you on our team because <laughs> I want you pushing me. And uh, ironically, last green, white checkered, we got in right there and, and was right behind uh, Bubba. And Denny was right to my inside. It was exactly how he predicted. Um, I wasn't able to, to get on um, – you know, the, the 23 when, when, uh, when Bubba took off on that first lap, but had some help from uh, Amarillo and, and we um, 
got back up right on the draft. And all I was thinking coming out of two, I'm like, all right, so Kyle Bush um, pushed Joey Logano way out in front, backed up to my teammate, the 23, who backed up to me. And I'm like, holy shit, we're going to go, like basically you got Stenhouse and Logano that are too far out and the, everyone's getting a run. Hamlin's getting around the bottom as well. I'm like, our team on the last lap, we had three of us in the top eight. Honestly, you've got, you, like, this is, this, is, this is a dream scenario. All I have to do is get to the 23 off of two, lock up with his bumper before him and Kyle take off and lock up. They're going to pass Joey. We're going to be on the back stretch coming out of four. Um, the 23 is going to break away from, uh, from Kyle, and I'm going to have a chance to push my teammate to the win. And right as I thought all of that, I forgot to the rearview mirror. And uh, when someone gets within a half car length, you get super loose where the rear just starts, starts to step out. And until it gets where you're connected, it, it's so hard to control. And those cup cars step out so quick. And I was so focused on getting to the 23 that when, um, you know, <laughs> when Amarillo got, got to the back of me, that 10 car, um, I just, I, I wasn't ready for it. And it stepped out on me so fast. I ended up taking out a uh, you know, cup champion Larson and he took out my teammate, which took out uh, Kyle Bush who went down the track and took out my the team owner. I uh, went from, potentially being the, the hero of the team and then the best finish of all time to crashing all three of our cars that were all in the top eight on the last lap. So I don't think I'm getting a Christmas card from, uh, from Michael, but uh, at the end of the day, no one blamed me. It was, you know, like, I can't believe that guy hit a, hit a rookie in the last turn. You know, he should have got to you at the exit of the corner, but it's still something that I felt like my driving ability was better. I just needed to check that rear view mirror and, and understand he was coming Boy, hearing you talk about how Denny planned that out, it almost flashes me back to 2001 and hearing Michael Waltrip talk about Dale Earnhardt's plan for DEI. That one happened to work out. Um, so that gives me a little goosebumps there because I was a big Dale Earnhardt fan. Hey, you mentioned also that practice was after uh, qualifying in the duels. That's something Mark and I have talked about a lot and think that practice should be before that stuff just to make sure everything's all set. You saw Chandler Smith go out right away, have issues couldn't really figure that out without being on the track. Is that something that you would suggest to NASCAR maybe swapping there in the future? Uh, no, I think it, it gives, it incentivizes the teams to go down and be prepared. It incentivizes, um, you know, they want to see the, the regulars get up there and, and, and do well. They want to give an opportunity for, for everybody. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I feel like if you have, you know, a good team and you have the confidence, um, you know, you get the simulator time. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. It, it might be slightly unfair for someone like me to come in or, um, you know, dismiss or anyone, um, you know, that, that hasn't been in a cup car, even, you know, even Jimmy Johnson had never been in the, you know, that new cup car basically on a restrictor plate track. So um, it was definitely a, a difficult, learning or a quick learning curve basically going into turn one and being like, well, <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen, <laughs> but or I hope the simulators are correct. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of neat because I feel like the more practice everyone gets, the closer everyone gets. But when you jump in there, everyone's going to be a little off. You might be a little tight, a little loose. You're going to slide, you're going to push. Um, so it kind of, as much as it's a, a 
disadvantage for someone like me, um, it's kind of an advantage too because the cup regulars that know what they're looking for don't really have a chance to, to figure it out and to dial in. I don't know that I could dial in my car. I, I just, you know, I went on the first turn and it was, it was going to be what it was anyway. So um, I'm not against the no practice. It was, it was a cool experience uh, just to go in with all that pressure and your first lap at speed to have to have it perfect is, is pretty cool. Hey, they say it's like a chess game, you know, that's, uh, is this the longest time you've ever been in a car for the mileage and how was your mental state after the race? Um, yeah, I mean, what was wild was I was running between 160 and 180. My high was 182 heart rate. Um, so yeah, Ooh. I was definitely, um, as much of the crazy shenanigans as I've done, <laughs> it's intense. So Imagine that where you're not physically doing anything. You're sitting down just shy of a heart attack for four hours. <laughs> when I got out of the car, my body was like shaking. My brain was completely exhausted. I couldn't even hold my eyes open. And yet my, like it's opposite of motocross motocross. When you get done the race, especially supercross, your brain is, is firing. You're sharp as can be, but you physically can't move a muscle. You're so exhausted. You got arm pump. Your, your muscles are tired. So this is the exact opposite of, of motocross for sure. Hey, you started last, gradually worked your way forward all day, came to white flag with a shot. Uh, as you said, can't ask for much more, uh, then got turned around, unfortunately. But you said multiple times over the week that it's definitely a one-off and that rear wheel cars aren't your specialty. Why just one-off, especially after that performance and what makes rear wheel drive cars more challenging for you? Uh, when in doubt, throttle out. That's what I've lived <laughs> in my life by on a motorcycle um, with rally, wherever you're aimed, if you just step on that gas, it's going to happen quick, especially in you know rally cross cars or the new, you know, those the new rally cross cars that are over a thousand horsepower. Um, you know, all wheel drive, but wherever you're aiming, you can go. And as long as you're not afraid to keep your foot down, even the, um, you know, the dirt modifieds as long, as soon as I realized that I just had to stay in the gas, you know, we got fairly competitive with, with some really great drivers. And, um, that's where I shine when everything hits the fan and everyone's scared and nothing's going right. That's my happy place. And unfortunately with pavement, when you get to that spot, you either crash or you lose time um, on dirt and with all wheel drive and with dirt bikes, you can get over the edge and you're, you're probably going to still gain time, even if you mess up a little bit because you've gained time and aggression. Um, you know, rear wheel drive, as soon as you start to lose it, you got to be real smooth with the throttle, real smooth on the gas, real smooth off the gas. Your line has to be absolutely perfect. Um, and it's just not like when, when I feel like the car is starting to spin, I just have from everything all wheel drive, it's get on the gas, you know, and keep aiming with it. And that's, uh, it's not to say that I, I don't think I could learn that to some degree. It's that I don't believe that I could do this in under five years and I don't know that I ever could. And it's just at a point right now where I could go to the restricted plate races, maybe the dirt track at Bristol, maybe a road course and, you know, be top 15. I wouldn't win, but like we've got a, a shot to, to make it happen. Like, uh, like Denny said, he's like, you know, the restricted plate races, it's just a matter of 
slowing everything down, understanding what's going on around you, which is what I failed at at the end. And, you know, when something happens and you get sideways, just not to panic and just kind of be okay with bouncing off of people and getting, getting moved around a bit. Um, those are traits that I can do. Um, but to run full-time NASCAR is not my skill set. It's not something that I believe I could do without putting in every second of every hour of every day into that. And right now with, uh, with two little girls and a wife, um, I'm, I'm satisfied with where I've gotten and to race the 500 was amazing. That's awesome, man. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk about this. You joined Sirius XM Dave Moody, I believe, at one point, shortly after this deal was announced. And there were a fair amount of doubters on the channel. Uh, I listened to that daily, and there was a lot of mixed emotions about it. Um, did you hear the mixed emotions on the channel from outside sources at all? And obviously your performance put that to rest. No, I mean, I still have some some negative, like, oh, you took out the whole field. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I could have been better looking in that rearview mirror, and I, I, I should have known that hit was coming, and I probably could have saved it um, with a little bit more, uh, less focus on trying to do my job, more focus on everything that was going on around me. But um, at the end of the day, I think we did – a decent job i wasn't going in to try to win i wasn't going in i was going to do the best that i could and to try not to to ruin anyone else's day while we're doing it um, which is hard to do on their super plate races for sure but um you know i, I think most of the nascar fans they, they didn't really understand that you know everyone's like oh he's just a famous guy yeah oh what he's a he's got something on america's got talent yeah whatever i'm like no no like i i got there because i was a racer um, you know, I've been racing my whole life, racing go-karts, racing motorcycles. Um, you know, we have, uh, six U S rally championships. Um, you know, and at Bay, I bounced around we have fifth in the world championships, the monster jam, uh, won the world championship last year in, um, in off-road, uh, sorry, offshore powerboats. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a wide variety of stuff and we've been pretty successful at most things that are, are dirt or all-wheel drive or aggression related um when i came to nascar no I, I didn't do great but you know what we uh we were quickest in practice um when we had a, a good car at, at kentucky and quickest in practice at uh um and second in qualifying in kentucky and uh, quickest in practice and fifth in qualifying and um in richmond which are both really technical tracks you know with all those guys so it's it's not like i was horrible i just every time that i would be running in fifth eighth tenth fifteenth place and after two hours i was still running in fifth eighth fifteenth place i'm thinking well how do we go faster they're going faster and i learned a lot this last couple of years with scott speed being on my team and subaru he's like you can't carry a car you can carry a motorcycle but you have to be able to tell the your crew chief what you need to go faster he goes if you try to go faster on pavement you go slower or you crash um so that was you know understanding that going in was good but long story long <laughs> sorry to answer your question there's just a lot of people in nascar that didn't know my background and that still don't and a lot of haters of course but um i take that as people that just really wish that they could be racing the 500 because i know that i definitely have always dreamed of that and uh it was an amazing experience to, to live out my dream and i'm very fortunate to have the amount of supporters that we do and then the sponsors um that I did to, to back me and to believe that um, despite what everyone was saying, that we were going to be able to make a positive impression. And 
you know, I think at the end of the week, I think we really did. Hey man, we love the long answer. So don't, don't apologize for that at all. This is uh, <laughs> enjoyable, man. Hey, you, you did the first double backflip in history. You're a multi-time X games medalist, supercross champion, rally cost champion, boat champion. Now of uh, you raced uh, sport cars, monster jam, as you mentioned, race of champions, trucks, Xfinity. Why was the Daytona 500 so infor- uh, important for you to attempt? And also, this wasn't something new for you. This is something that you've wanted to do for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, I think like every <laughs> every uh, motorsport enthusiast of any kind, um, you know, the 500 is is kind of the race. Either the, the Indy 500 or the Daytona 500, depending on uh, – we were a little more redneck, so the NASCAR was kind of where we went to, but, you know, a little more sophisticated <laughs> side of uh, – Look to the Indy 500. I would say, not to not to put it bluntly like that, but uh, um, no, the Daytona 500 was always that was where I just always put that at the top of the pedestal as the pinnacle of motorsport, Um, and that was kind of why I got a NASCAR at the beginning. But I didn't make it. I got I lost track of that goal, thinking that maybe I could be, uh, you know. A champion in NASCAR and that's I realized that I couldn't I realized that these guys are very very good at what they do and it's, it's not where my skill set is for sure so having said that I dropped out of NASCAR you know 10-12 years ago and you know went back to my day job if you will and racing rally and, and you know Nitro Circus and, and that kind of stuff and I just felt like this last year I had driven more, even with the Jim Connor stuff, the hill climbs and the high horsepower cars and drifting through towns at, at 140 miles an hour. It all pointed to, man, and even with Scott Speed as a teammate and then Seminark and kind of learning how to run pavement. Um, you know, we all qualified the world champion in rallycross on an all pavement track earlier this year. And that's something that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago for me. So um, I thought it was either now or never. Um, I went to my wife and I said, look, it's, it's pretty expensive to get in, but I said, I don't want to get a charter, um, because I, I don't believe the fans will appreciate it. They're like, oh, he bought his way in, you know, and then if we got in a crash or something happened, then it would be like, oh, when he bought his way in and he crashed something, I wanted to earn my way in. I got, I had sponsors that <laughs> even despite <laughs> their better uh, instincts were like, you <laughs> You've had a good run. You've won. Uh, been pretty successful in the other stuff. Let's let's give it a shot and have some fun. And that's what that week was all about for me. First event I've ever gone to where winning was. Yeah, I would have loved to have won. I would have done anything to win, but that wasn't the goal. And um, you know, we. I think I exceeded all of my expectations. That's for sure. That's amazing hearing that you didn't want to do a charter because of that. Uh, I think that does add some respect to that, and I think a lot of people will enjoy hearing that. Uh, when I was looking around, doing some research, hoping for us to connect at some point, I noticed this boat racing championship that you just mentioned. Um, tell us more about that, because I, I've i always, you know, when we did the Eva Destruction recently, I always said he's been on anything with one, two, four wheels. I guess I have to say pretty much you've done everything besides maybe race planes, and maybe you've done that. I know you jumped out of them. Uh, but tell us more about this boat racing stuff, because that stuff is crazy. Um, yeah, well, one of my best friends growing up, um, his dad was, well, Britt Lilly was one of my best friends and his dad, Art, um, was, you know, five time world all shore powerboat champion. One of the best throttlemen to ever, to ever live really. And he's from Annapolis. Um, he's good friends with my dad. All the stories that my dad tells that were like, oh, this crazy SOB uh, all ends up with Art Lilly. And 
I was pretty good friends with his son, uh, Britt, up until we were about 14. And, you know, he went really to work on, on boats in his dad's shop. And, you know, I went, went and followed motocross and that kind of stuff. And Britt, when he won some championships on a, some lower levels, like basically if you're looking at, he would be like the arena cross champion or the ARCA champion. Um, you know, try to follow in his dad's footsteps, but it's just, it's really expensive on that, that top level. It's, you know, you're looking at a $5 million program to run, you know, a, a 2,200 horsepower quad turbo, 160 mile an hour offshore powerboat. <laughs> yeah. It's like a jet airplane that you're just flying through the water. And um, ironically, right before COVID hit, um, Britt goes, dude, you got to come down. You're going to, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. So we're on, we're in basically the, if you're, Compared to off-road, we're in the Can-Ams. We're in the side-by-side class, just flogging ourselves on Cocoa Beach, the biggest waves I've ever seen. I am scared to death. Like, they say they're uh, watertight, but we submarine the thing at, you know, 110 miles an hour, and I got, like, power wash blasted in the face, and I'm just giggling the whole time, like, what are we We're going to die. And, you know, these boats are, like, 28 feet with 800 power or whatever it's just like this is so dumb but we had a great time we got a lot of coverage and the top team the team like the the, the pinnacle of the pinnacle of the world championship um they had two british drivers and COVID hits and they continue on the world championship but one of the, their their driver this ottoman could come over he had a green car or a citizenship or whatever for here um and their uh their the wheelman couldn't make it over for the final round of that year. And they're like, Hey, you know, we know you had some interest like, um, for next year, would you want to like be our wheelman? Like, cause we're still with COVID and everything's just starting back. Like, I don't know if we, you know, how long it's going to be before we get a throttle back or for our wheelman. And I said, I can't do them all, but I can do a couple of them. And they said, well, good. Well, Britt can do the other ones and fill in for you. And at that point, my friend Britt Lilly, he goes, I don't care what you, I don't care if you don't see your family all year. I don't, I don't care. If, I, don't, I don't care what happens, but you are doing this because I am racing this Geico and we are going out there. And uh, it was cool because it actually, everything worked out. And then we, we actually both did well um in the seat and i ended up getting the the, the drive to, to continue on and you know was able to to jump in with the top tier team and you know it, it's cool like we you know we won the world championship but a lot of that is is, is team we had probably the best team out there uh, with miss geico changed uh changed sponsorship to team husky chocolate and you know well-funded uh they were well-prepared and, you know, there's a lot of well-prepared teams, but but these guys are, are on top of their game. And Steve Curtis is, uh, you know, nine-time world champion. Yeah. Um, so Matt Rodelman was, was on it. Um, and Lindsay, my wife, was actually like, you know, I feel like you're way safer in that than you are with your, your friend Britt um, <laughs> in the smaller boat, <laughs> even though it's almost double the speed. And, uh, you know, we were able to uh, – we, we ran the last two years and then won the, the world championship this last year. So it's, it's been a hell of a ride. Hey Travis, uh, tell the fans what uh, that they're not familiar with the Nitro Circus and the and the Rally Cross. Can you tell the fans what that's all about? Um, yeah, it's about what it sounds like. It's a <laughs> it's a circus of chaos. Um, no, we uh, so when I was 16, 17, 18 years old, um, you know, chasing the, the dream in racing. Um, every time I get injured, um, we would kind of I just 
film stuff and we build ramps and we have the best freestyle motocrossers in the world and, and some of the best bmxers and um skaters and, and everybody would just come over to my house so it was kind of deemed pastrana land and we would film it um and then when evil can evil passed i got a call from johnny knoxville and he said well <laughs> what can you do we're doing a 24-hour tribute slash takeover of mtv and we want all the baddest stunt guys just to give a tribute to evil and i sent him within an hour probably 50 stunt ideas and he called me up right after they said hey can can you do any of this i said i don't know we'll try it all and uh two weeks later uh we're in california in la and he's pitching the show to mtv to be a full-time show and um then we ended up meeting up with a basically a tour uh traveling uh like rock concert tour guy that was like hey i think we'd bring this indoors and you know now we do 70 shows a year with nitro circus um i'm a little bit old for the for the freestyle and to do the shenanigans that these guys do and and to be on the road uh for 70 weeks out of the year but um you know still work uh pretty hard to get basically all of the the ramps and uh all the designs for airbags and that kind of stuff and we film you know when we can with those that crew and um honestly the same crew has just started nitro rallycross which is you know, been a really big success. We've had even Kyle Bush has come over. Kyle actually got fourth. He did really good. Um, we had uh, Chase Elliott qualified for one of the rounds last year. And then, um, you know, Austin Cindric and Chase both came over to try it again this year. Um, Jensen Button, you know, Formula One world champion, jumped yep. in on that. But, um, yeah, Nitro Circus is just a group of friends trying to push the limits on anything that has wheels. That's awesome. Uh, anything else you can share with the plan or the schedule with both of those? Those uh, two things are just awesome. Yeah, so we're actually coming back to, for the first time since COVID, we're coming back to a indoor tour. Um, you know, it was cool. Like we did Madison Square Garden and uh, Boston Garden and, uh, you know, Staples Center and all that stuff uh, like a few years back. And, you know, we're going to hit some of the, the, the biggest places in the U.S. And that'll be pretty cool. I don't know my kids in school now and, and cheer, but, um, you know, hopefully get out to a, a couple of those, uh, those bigger indoor events. Um, and then actually proposed to my wife, uh, you know, 11, 12 years ago at, um, MGM grand garden, we were doing a show and my wife is, uh, she's a skater. So she skates in the show, uh, skateboards. And I uh, was able to stop, stop the show in front of 18,000 people sold out crowd and uh, proposed there a little, a little easy, but, uh, you know, I figured use what you got. So, um, but, uh, so Nitro Rallycross, we finally got a, a track willing to put in a one-off completely, just the most badass track you, you've ever witnessed. And we're out there all last week, uh, starting the build. We're going to have some of the concrete, some of the pavement, some of the dirt, a uh, 140-foot gap jump. I mean, this is going to be absolutely insane. So um, the, the guys that do it out there in NJ, Oklahoma, um, called um, Mid-America Outdoors, it's it's a cool facility. And they're, they're bringing in all the Nitro Circus. Um, there's a guy trying triple backflips out there on dirt bikes. There's, um, you know, they have pit bikes. They got off-road trucks. It's the camping's amazing. They even get a lazy river and a bar for, um, you know, for any of the parents that just want to hang out or the kids that, that aren't into the, you know, the off-road stuff. Um, so it's, it's a really cool facility and, and excited to uh, kick off our championship next year there. Uh, anything with those two that'll be up in our neck of the woods in Wisconsin here. And then also to uh, kind of ask you this too, anything else on your bucket list uh, that you're planning on doing in the near future? Oh man, you know, I tell you what, 
my bucket list right now is just to make rally cross as successful as we can um to hopefully help build rally and you know leah block uh ken block's daughter is you know really wants to get into she's done phenomenal in rally and she's doing some rally cross stuff so um, you know, hopefully be able to, to support her and then some, some cool stuff like that. I actually just signed on to do the, um, uh, the freedom 500, uh, with Garrett and that crew, wow. um, down there, Cletus, one of the coolest events ever. And, and I called up, uh, Lucy block Ken's Ken's wife. And I said, Hey, would Leah want to do it? And, uh, she's going to come out and actually be a part of the, the freedom 500, which I think is going to be just a wild experience for, you know, 16 year old jumping in there with, uh, with all that stuff. And, you know, hopefully not, uh, not push her too hard or, 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 you know, let her into anything that, that, that could get her hurt, but definitely excited to, to see how far she goes. She's just a phenomenal driver. And, um, you know, it's going to be cool to see, uh, to you know, try to help her accomplish whatever dreams she might have. That's awesome. Yeah. There was a video last week when she was burning up the clutch. She was saying oh, something's burning. And you said it was the clutch burning. Hey, what kind of experience do you have uh, having your, uh, having your child uh, get into racing? Oh yeah. No, no. Well, that was, I was talking about uh, Ken Block's uh, daughter. Ken Block uh, passed away earlier, earlier this oh, year. Yeah. Um, Ken Block. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. They're, they're all really good carters actually especially even as his son um, Micah is, is phenomenal but you know obviously a little bit a little bit younger so he'll, he'll be a couple years before he gets in the cars but I'm uh, doing the go-karts now uh, but no to have my girls uh especially my oldest she, she's just a show off um I don't, <laughs> I don't think she'll ever be uh you know at the top of NASCAR but or, or something like that but she uh she loves um the freestyle stuff. She loves the, uh, the, the jumps. She loves sliding. Uh, she might be a drifter or something. She always gets bummed out. She's like, I don't understand how you're faster. I was wide open the whole way. I'm like, dude, you're just backing it into every corner. Like, <laughs> it's not, you gotta, you gotta drive strainers. Well, that's not fun. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but it's faster. So <laughs> if you want to win, just stop complaining when you're sideways all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That video was awesome with your nine-year-old daughter there. At one point, uh, you said, just aim for that sign there. And I can't imagine what goes through a nine-year-old's head when you're telling them to aim for that sign like that and the burning the clutch thing that was a that was a cool video <laughs> yeah that was she it was cool because um you know they've done the can-am stuff a little bit and they, they enjoy it but as soon as they saw the 500 and they got to go there in person um you know they had a cheer competition in pennsylvania on saturday night so they'd show up and uh one of my daughters was sick and they had no sleep and they were still when they got down to that, the, the starting line and the national anthem is going and the jets fly overhead and, you know, hundred thousand plus people sold out crowd. Like they kind of look up and like, I want to be a race car driver. Like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's go learn how to drive stick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I kind of want to end with two things here. You were at the Eva destruction a few years ago in the bus figure eight race. Uh, you came back to help, uh, Phil smash magical. And I uh, announced the event. Um, what was it like being a part of the event in that way versus the bus? And which do you prefer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, the bus was amazing. I, I probably shouldn't be in the bus again. I know a lot of the guys. They were, everyone was super good with me, but I was just uh, I was battering ram out there. Like, flip you, flip you. They're like, dude, just a little aggressive. I'm like, I thought it was a, it's a figure eight demolition derby. They're like, no, it's a figure eight race. <laughs> yeah, Frank, yeah, everyone knows you had a great time. But uh, no, it, it was fun. 
Well, uh, hey, man, I know this may seem like a small favor for you to come on here with us, but it's a really big deal for us. I, I can't tell you what it means to uh, have created this, to hopefully make my dream uh, come true and do more of this. Um, and I hope to connect again in the future. Thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Good talking to you guys. And uh, hopefully you're back up to the Eve uh, sometime. I know um, yes, Magical might be kind of moving back a little bit now that he's got a, now that he's a dad yeah. uh, back to, yeah. to, to Michigan uh, with his wife. But um, hopefully I uh, get out there with Smalls. And I got a lot of friends from that area and uh, some good riding too. So that'd, Yeah, that'd be awesome, Travis, for sure. Yeah, yeah we'll, I'll be back out there this year. So uh, Hopefully we connect again soon. We can see what you're up to and get you back on here, but uh, we'll let you go. I know you got stuff going on, but uh, thank you so much again, man. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for your time, guys. All right. See you, man. Thanks. Mark, we said at the beginning of this thing that everyone was going to enjoy it. Not many people know this, but this is actually show 100 for us. I know we didn't include the interviews in the, in the episodes there. So we're at episode 70 coming up. But this is actually the 100th edition of the podcast, and what a what a banger it was! Travis was great. He stayed with us for so long. Had some great stories. I don't know that we've ever laughed as much on a podcast. This was truly enjoyable. Yeah, that's for sure, man. He had he he sure is happy and sounds like he has a good life going. You got to hang out with him out at WIR, didn't you? Yeah, that was uh, that was a cool experience uh, announcing the eve with uh, Smagical Phil Smag, and uh, Travis chimed in from time to time too. They just have a ton of fun. Phil and I had great chemistry right off the bat. It was almost like announcing with Matt Panier right away. We had so much fun. Um, just great, great guys, and and you can tell Travis. I mean, we're a small podcast here. Who would think he would uh, come on to this growing podcast, but he just loves to talk racing. He loves life. Like you said, um, just truly amazing. And, you know, it almost brings me to tears for all the work that we've put into this and, and all that stuff that someone like that and Ty and all these drivers that we've talked to come on here. It's uh, it's so special. And, and this one was, was really cool to experience. Yeah. It seems like he treats life like we do uh, with a good time, you know, and, and so, yeah, um, yeah, we laughed a lot on that one. He's uh, quite a personality. Definitely going to pay attention. Hey, there's a video out there that just came out with, I think that was, a, is that Nitro Rally with a rally car? Yep. And uh, if the fans got a chance, go go on there and check that out on Travis's, uh, on his, uh, I think it's on his Facebook page. And uh, check that out, and you'll be impressed. Of what a wheel man that dude is. Woo. Yeah, you know, he mentioned Ken Block and Ken Block's uh, daughter there. I wanted to talk to him more about Ken Block. He mentioned Jim Connor a little bit. So that was one thing we didn't touch on, but that just means we'll have to have him on again. All right. Yeah, he's a good personality. I like to talk to him some more. For sure. For sure. Well, uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks to Travis again for coming on here. Just amazing. Mark's thank Mark, thanks to you again. And, uh, Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, in fact, we'll talk to you Wednesday when we have Derek Kraus and Greg Van Alston while we recap the uh, Las Vegas weekend and look forward to Phoenix. And the season's getting closer, man. Getting pumped, man. Getting excited. Every, every day we're getting a little bit closer to getting into the meat of the schedule. Here we go. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, again. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon. See you, man. See ya. 
This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.